Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From the king of sports books comes the king sports podcast unleashed presented by bet mgm here are your hosts speedy mormon and olivia harlan decker Welcome back to Unleashed from the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. And today is our NFL draft wrap up. And we have an amazing guest, LA Charger, Austin Eckler joins the show. But before all of that, Olivia is going to update us on what happened at the draft. Olivia, the floor is yours. What would you say were the biggest takeaways from the first round? Hey, Speedy. Yeah, it was a great first round of the draft, especially. And how refreshing just to see the guys there in their fancy suits, hugging their families. It was just what we needed, right? It was so fun to watch. I think at first it was notable that all the first three picks were quarterbacks, but not necessarily who we thought. There were also a record setting seven offensive players taken off the board first record setting. And that includes the highest drafted tight end ever. There was a last minute top 10 trade. That was exciting. There were three current NFL quarterbacks reunited with their former college teammates. That was in the top 10 alone. That's dope. And the Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round for the first time in almost 30 years. Something else as just a college football fan I thought was interesting are seven players who opted out of the 2020 season got picked in the first round. So that kind of puts in perspective. I was tweeting about this a little bit of how NFL scouts valued that decision because a lot of people thought that would hurt their draft stock. It clearly did not. And then conference-wise, just for the breakdown, six players from Alabama alone were taken in the first round. That's insane. The SEC is obviously king again, and no players, not a single player from the Big 12 was drafted in the first round. That's never happened. Wow. So th- those are your treetops, but that, that was a very interesting first night of the draft. Olivia, why don't you run us through those first seven offensive players that were picked? Yeah, just as everyone predicted, Trevor Lawrence went first overall to Jacksonville. And then Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, he goes to the New York Jets. I like they coined the term Zach's Fifth Avenue instead of Sachs Fifth Avenue. That was kind of funny. That's dope. I love that. And he's hoping to be the best quarterback in the franchise since Broadway Joe Namath. So a lot of pressure. 
And then the big surprise, Speedy, was Trey Lance going third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. And as the story developed, because there were a lot of question marks, we found out later that the GM, John Lynch, and the coach, Kyle Shanahan, had made the decision but told no one. They didn't tell their owner. They didn't tell scouts, coaching staff, no one. They wanted to try to get rid of confirmation bias of groupthink, but they knew they were going for Trey Lance. So it was a huge secret. It's a great story, but it's a really bold pick. I mean, remember, they gave up two first round picks for the next two years to get this third overall pick. And they use it on a guy who played in the FCS, only really played one season, only has 17 starts. So major gamble. This is going to be something we're talking about for years to come and probably the biggest storyline from night one. And then I mentioned the highest drafted tight end ever. That's Kyle Pitts from Florida. He went fourth overall to Atlanta. And pundits say he's a future Hall of Famer. He's a freak athlete. And it's really a sigh of relief for quarterback Matt Ryan. He gets another weapon and not a replacement. So that's another big storyline. And so then after all of those offensive players, we finally got our first defensive player picked. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, all the way to number eight. Again, that was record setting. Seven offensive players taken first. That's cornerback J.C. Horn. He goes to the Carolina Panthers. The reason that's significant is because they did not go for a quarterback. They had both Justin Fields and Mac Jones available, which means that they were riding with Sam Darnold. Afterwards, they picked up his fifth year option So that's the big storyline in Carolina. And then I mentioned earlier, there was a trade in the top 10. That was the Philadelphia Eagles. They moved up two spots to get the number 10 spot. That's in a trade with the Cowboys who received a third round pick. And they got Heisman winner Devontae Smith taken at number 10 to the Eagles. And he's now reunited with his old quarterback at Alabama, Jalen Hurts. He is. And Olivia, lastly here, what can you tell us about Justin Fields and Mac Jones? Something happened there, huh? Yeah. I mean, last week, Speedy, we were talking about those two guys. Everyone thought they were going to be first five, six players taken. Well, Justin Fields, the quarterback out of Ohio State, fell to number 11. He's going to the Chicago Bears. You know, they have a pretty good defense in place in Chicago, but they have been desperate for a quarterback to save the day. So, you know, I'm a Packer fan. I I was kind of uh, watching this develop because I, I did not want Chicago to get a great player. And I think they did in Justin Fields. So congratulations to Justin Fields. That's exciting. But then 15th overall, that's when Mac Jones from Alabama was selected. He goes to New England. That was the first quarterback the Patriots have drafted in the first round. I mentioned that earlier since Drew Bledsoe in 1993. That's the year I was born. So in my lifetime, the Patriots have not taken a quarterback in the first round. It's it's incredible, but it speaks so highly of what Bill Belichick thinks of Nick Saban. Overall, he's drafted 13 players coached by Nick Saban. That's most in any coaching tandem. You've seen great videos of them together. They're friends. They say they enjoy talking to no one else more than the other. So that's um, a really cool story overall of the two best coaches to ever do it. So love that. That's how Mac Jones ends up in New England. And then one other quick thing, Speedy. The Clemson running back, Travis Etienne, he went 25th overall to Jacksonville. So he's now reunited with Clemson teammate Trevor Lawrence, who obviously went first overall. And they're going to play for Urban Meyer and his coaching return. So Jacksonville is a great story this year. Olivia with the robust NFL draft recap. Now coming up on Unleashed, we've got L.A. Charger Austin Eckler joining the show.
Austin Eckler is a running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He played his college ball at Western Colorado. Eckler rushed for well over a thousand yards in all four of his seasons and even led Division II in all-purpose yards per game. He then went undrafted and signed with the Chargers in 2017, where he's been ever since, becoming one of the most recognizable faces on the team and signing a four-year extension. So these last two weeks, Austin, were very focused on the draft, obviously. And that's kind of where your story begins um, from the national perspective, by not getting drafted. Can you explain what those couple of days were like for you? You know, what your agent was saying, what your family was saying, what you were feeling? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first and foremost, glad to be here. But uh, yeah, for me, you know, I came from a smaller school, like my school in general was like 2,300 students. So it's very small university. Wow. Yeah, very small. And up in the mountains in a little valley, uh, a little mountain town that's based off of tourism, right? That's how that, that town makes a lot of this money. So it was not like a big sports town. So as far as having scouts up there, my like practices, like my senior year, it was like a big deal. It was like, oh, like, who are these people? Like we had some outsiders coming up. So it was just, that's the dynamic that I was going into. I definitely had some interest because I did have scouts up there, a lot of my practices. But then just going into the draft, you know, my agent was just telling me like, look, like you came from a, a school where you don't really have the competition level. Like, you know, no one's ever come out of Western that's gone to the NFL besides one person. And so it's like probably not going to get drafted just because teams feel like they can pick you up and they feel like teams will just let you slide. And, like if you're on the same level as someone else on the draft board and they went to like LSU or a bigger school, they're going to take that person because they have more eyes. Sure. And so I wasn't expected to get drafted. Um, so about halfway through the last round of the draft, the Chargers called me. Uh, they called my agent. They're like, hey, we're going to take him. If if he doesn't get picked up in these last uh, few rounds, we'll take him as an undrafted free agent if he wants to sign with us. And that was one of the top choices that I had going into the draft. So it was, it was perfect. And now are you watching the draft day by day, like as it goes, or were you kind of like, man, let me just not even watch just to manage your own expectations. So, I mean, I watched the first round um, just to see a few like picks go by. And then the second day I was like, ah, never mind. And the third day I was actually in the gym, just listening to it in my ear, waiting for those last, those final rounds to come by. And then finally, uh, when the seventh round came by, I had like a little, little get together just in case, you know, something crazy happened and I got drafted, but uh, it still was a a special moment getting signed uh, right after the draft. So in my head, I'm picturing that like a movie scene, like you're in the gym, you hear each name, every name that's going and how that has to be such a theme. And then when you finally get the call, you're going to the chargers. Does being undrafted set a tone? Does that set some kind of separation between you and other guys? As far as politically and like in the audience wise, yes. But in my head, it was like, no, like I I need an opportunity. And that's what I was looking for. I was just looking for an opportunity. I literally dropped out of my last uh, semester of college just to train and just to focus on the opportunity. I was all in on what I had. I was like, this is the most important thing Mm -hmm. that I want to do right now in my life. And so I dropped everything just to focus on the training. I had great numbers and I, you know, I did well in college. So I felt like, okay, I'm gonna get an opportunity somewhere. And so when that opportunity finally came, it was like, okay, it's, it's go time for me now. Well, that opportunity came on your first NFL carry, you score a touchdown. What was your approach to that rookie year? Right. So my rookie year, I, I came in a six string into camp. And so, I mean, if you know anything about uh, football, there's not too many six stringers that make the team. <laughs> right. So, right. And so like, the thing was, I never moved up on the depth chart either during training camp. I was six string throughout the entire time. And wow. so, you know, I was getting like a few plays here and there. And most of my plays came on scout teams, special teams. And that's where I made my the most impact on the team was on special teams, going down and making tackles on, on punt. And, you know, that was, that was my role. That was my job at the time. So I took it 
super serious, right? That's what's keeping me in, in the league. And then, you know, slowly started to just get my way into an offensive role for my, yeah, my first regular season carry was like the third game against the Eagles for a 34 yard touchdown. People were like, Oh, okay, maybe this guy can play, you know? <laughs> but yeah, like my rookie year, like I think one of my most favorite stats is that I led the NFL in tackles on punt. Wow. Like, that was because that's what I was doing. That was like my job. Like I'm going down, I'm making tackles on special teams. Good for you. And, and, you know, I was really good at it too. Right. And so I, even to still today, that's like my favorite. Like I almost had a thousand uh, receiving yard season, but the, I still love my punt stat. <laughs> that, that sticks out to me because that's just what, how I got into the league. Right. It just shows that I can do more than just play one position. I can do it all. Yeah, that's dope. Now, if it was me in your shoes, right? And the very first carry, I rushed for 35 yards or 34 yards and scored a touchdown. I'm thinking that every time I touch the ball, I'm going to score. Did you have that mentality now? Like, yo, I'm, I might score every time I touch the, the football. Uh, not quite, not quite. Uh, I've caught a few passes before then, like three or four. And so I, I understood the speed of the game. And then finally got my first carry and just, you know, had a solid block. He made a guy miss and scored. And so... I mean, uh, my average is pretty good right there. So I probably never touched the ball again. Just kept my 34 yard average. But uh, no, I, I knew it was going to be a little bit harder than that. But my mentality, yeah, my mentality every time we get the ball is like, let's go make something happen. Well, sticking with the topic of the draft this year, one of the big surprises was Trey Lance out of North Dakota State going third overall to San Francisco. Your teammates with his college teammate, Easton Stick. Have you ever had conversations with Easton about Trey Lance and what he can be in the NFL? No, actually, I mean, I don't even follow college football at all. So uh, I can't put any input on that. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry. It's different because I came from a really small Division II school. So I, I like follow my school and that's about it. Like, I don't, right. I'm not in any of these big conferences that are always talked about, right? No one talks about the, the, the RMAC. No one even knows what it stands for. It's a Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. That's where I play. So that's what I follow. <laughs> to be fair, I did know that. <laughs> Oh, college football is my sport. That's what I cover. And I actually got to okay. cover Trey Lance at North Dakota State. And I had a couple of their games, but I think that's the same mentality from where they're coming from. Now, they're a powerhouse in their conference right. and where they're coming from. But I mean, there's got to be this thing amongst D2, D3 players in the NFL where you kind of like keep track of each other, right? I do because there's a few people from from the RMAC, you know, Ryan uh, Jensen, you know, just won the Super Bowl. You know, he's the center for you know the Buccaneers, right? Like, yeah, like we played against each other in college. And uh, Danny Woodhead, he used to, you know, he was a, a guy that I looked up to coming from the same conference. Played for like nine years. He played for the Chargers uh, for most of his career. So like just guys like that, I'm like I just stay in touch with these guys. Now, Austin, after being, you know, in the league for a couple of years now, you were the first undrafted running back with five plus receiving scores in the first two years of your career. When you see and hear stats like that, knowing from where you came, right, knowing your journey, does it feel surreal at all? I don't it, it. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just been part of the journey, part of just the process that I've been going through because I've been trying so hard and putting this at the top of my priority list. And it feels like I'm just going down the line. I'm taking advantage of every opportunity that's been in front of me as far as the NFL. And I continue just to, just to really focus on this. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm expecting myself to have some type of progress here. And, and I, you know, I think it was surreal mostly in the first year because that was like the year I'm like, okay, let me see how this is going to go. Uh, do I fit in here? Like I'm physically able and capable to be a leader, or even just be on the team. And as I've just kind of learned the business now, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I can see myself having a lot of success here as long as I stay with it and stay healthy. 
And that's kind of just been how it is. Like, I, I don't take it for granted. I always remember where I came from. I always remember where I came from. That I have to continue to keep working, but I'm expecting results from myself. So it doesn't seem like it's like, oh, like surprising if, if something good happens. Like, I'm, I'm working towards this. A lot of people are expecting a lot of your whole team this year. You know, new stadium, new head coach, reigning offensive rookie of the year. What are you all doing on the field, maybe just offensively, that makes you a real threat in the AFC? Last year, you know, we had some ups and downs, crazy years, you know, Herbert in his first year. You know, I think what's going to make us a threat, you know, we have to be an explosive offense just in general, just to, you know, be able to compete with the Chiefs and, you know, the rumors of, of Aaron Rodgers trying to end up in the Broncos, whatever he's trying to do. Oh, uh, don't want to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so make it. Regardless, we got, we got Pat Mahomes in our division, so we're going to have to have some firepower. Um, you know, that's what our, our coaches are trying to do, right? They're trying to put us in the best positions. We have a lot of playmakers on the team. And it's like, how can I get these guys in the best position to make play? And so that's what every NFL team is trying to do every single year. But, you know, we have to find a new chemistry that really works for us. That's why we get new coaches. That's why coaches move around so much because everyone's trying to find, well, okay, who's got the, the right scheme for my team? How can we get the chemistry build up? And so yeah. I can't tell you what it's going to be because we got to find out by playing. But um, I, I can tell you this. We're all looking forward to another opportunity to compete. Now, I heard when Brandon Staley got the job, when it was announced back in January, that he called you to talk about anything but football. Like, what did he say when he picked up the phone and you answered? Right. Yeah, I was, I was actually surprised. Like, I usually don't answer random calls, but it was like just some number. I didn't right. know who this was. I'm like, hello. <laughs> hey, it's Coach Staley. He's like, oh, shoot. What's up, Coach? Wow. At the time, I was like, I knew we hired a coach, but I forgot. I was like, was it? Is this the head coach? I didn't, I didn't realize oh my God. That. like it was more like, a, okay, okay. Now, and then he started talking to me as like, okay, this is, our, this is our new head coach. And then we started talking about relationships, talking about his mentality, just talking about just how he wants to go forward and just, you know, get to know us. And I thought that was really special because, you know, especially in times like today where we don't have a lot of you know, one-on-one time with each other in the same building, one Zooms a lot of time. Um, it's really important for me to get to know you as a person so I yeah. can get behind what you believe in. Because if I don't know you, you're like, oh, we're going to do this, do that. It, it doesn't sink in as much. But if I know you personally, and if like, I care about you as a person too, because I like what you believe in, I know what you're about, then you know I can play and I can really get behind what you're saying. And I can really put that to the rest of the team, to the younger guys too. So yeah, I love, I love the way he's uh, coming and implement himself. Definitely is a competitor and wants to see us all compete at the same time. And I love that too. Now, Austin, I know that you are in the streamer world, but also and most maybe most pressing, you are doing some things with NFTs, which seem to be all of the buzz right now. What can you tell us about these 30 NFTs? And if you had to explain it in one line to my grandmother, what is an NFT? Um, yeah, NFT, like you said, I'm in the stream world, so I'm, I'm big in the digital space right now. I love content and I feel like NFT is a new way, like form of content, but that's like more static, right? So if I was explaining it to someone who had no idea what the heck an NFT was, which is a non-fungible token, it's what the acronym stands for. But then you're like, still like, okay, what the heck does that mean? Right, right. So basically, like imagine a painting on the wall. I get this more than one sentence. Basically, it's a digital artwork. So instead of it on the wall, it's on your computer, it's on your virtual reality room, it's it's digital. So it's like you can put it on a USB drive. You know, you can put it, your painting on the wall in a box, but you can't you can't put your digital artwork in a box. You can put it in like a box with a USB. So I see it as digital artwork, right? People can take a picture of I can take a picture of the Zoom call and make it a picture on the wall, right? Or I can also make it digitally, which would be the NFT, right? And so there is there's a 
a place where it started. It can't be, it can't be like replicated. The exact one can be technically replicated, but there is only one original and you can prove it through the blockchain. And uh, so that's how I would explain it. Maybe still confusing, but just digital artwork. Still confusing, but I understand it a little more. Digital artwork. Got it. Digital artwork. Now you're doing 30 of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously my number is 30. Uh, so we're dropping 30 NFTs. Uh, I haven't decided we need to get like a little promo for it uh, before we drop them, but they're going to be three different types. Wow. Seven of them, I don't know, I think seven or nine of them are going to be like one type, gold, gold, gold. And then there's going to be a platinum version of one of them too. So it's just, it's just artwork. It's just artwork. And uh, it's like stuff that incorporates my life, right? Uh, so there's some working out, there's some football stuff. And it's just a fun way for me to, to give new content to my community. Okay, Austin, I mean this with all respect, but are, do you have like a little nerd side to you? I absolutely have a nerd side to me. I'm always, <laughs> I'm in streaming, I'm in gaming. Like I love to like learn about like stocks, stuff like that. Like I'm always, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what the definition of nerd is anymore. Cause I feel like, yeah, you know, I agree. like just people that just like love to learn about things and do all, a lot of digital stuff, you know, that's like the new wave. Right. So I feel like we all have to have a little like nerd side to us. Right. For sure. Everyone has a nerd side. It's really refreshing though. When you see an athlete with one, it just to show more dimensions of who you are. Do you feel like at this point in your career, because you're coming into your own on the field, I mentioned the contract extension, you started every game you played last year. You're a very established player in this league. Do you feel like now you're trying to kind of incorporate other sides of your personality and your hobbies? I think it's imperative for NFL players to do that, right? Because here's the thing. If you come into the NFL and you're not a superstar in the NFL and you don't like, if you're a superstar, your brand is created naturally through your play and just through people getting visually like seeing you and like the media stuff like that. But if you're like a guy like me coming in, like I no one know who the heck I was. And so it was my job, in my opinion, to go out and show people who I am besides a football player. Because if you're not a superstar and your football career ends, guess what? Like, if you didn't build a brand, then people forget about you. Like, just think about all the players that retire every that no one even knows. Yeah. Right. And so it, it happens every year, right? It happens all the time and it's going to continue to happen. But it's like, yeah. let me capture as a player. It's my job to capture as much of this platform and try to take them with me and try to get them to care about me for a different reason besides football. So that's why I do all the streams. That's why I provide so much content. You know, that's why I'm doing these big, big events with my Gridiron Gaming Group company, um, just to try to create awareness and let people come in and actually just like show who they are besides a football player. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it just allows me to like run a big event and be in front of people. And so like it benefits me too, just to build this platform. That's smart. And that's something that we're seeing, you know, in, in many sports, like just athletes kind of just leaning into who they really are in their personal brands. We had Chad Ochocinco Johnson on and uh, he was telling us how big into gaming he is. There was a little bonding moment between Olivia and Chad's lady because Olivia is upset with how much time her guy spends on the game, mm-hmm. Warzone specifically. If you had to estimate how much time you're spending when it comes to gaming, streaming, oh. uh, what 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 would that number be? In the off season, off season numbers. In the off season, okay, because it's it's very it's been it's been different because I'm super busy right now trying to get uh, GTG and stuff off the ground. So I probably stream three days a week for like two hours. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I'll do that, but I'll also play probably some video games in between there for like an hour, like every day. So that's committing like six 
let's let's say seven yeah so like 13 hours a week i was dedicated to just like content creation or like gaming for personal like just uh, preference olivia how does that stack up to sam's numbers well, I'm looking at my husband playing Warzone right now behind a glass door. And, but, uh, and here's here's where I am okay with this. It's because he does it with his, you know, his brother, all of his friends, all this. So it's like if I were to meet some of my girlfriends for a drink, you know, it's it's like almost the same thing. It's so social to them. Right. That's where I've waved the white flag. I'm yeah. like, okay, I get it. But um, no, sure. I think women and wives and girlfriends around the country and, and world have, have the same plight. So <laughs> I get it. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like our competitive nature as men. Yeah. Um, we just love to like be on video games and yelling at each other and have a good time socially. I don't know if that's what it is or, or what it is. Like, I think that's what it is for me, right? It's like for me to compete or like adventure in like some other like world or, you know, that for is sure. no way from reality. For sure. No, that's cool. Well, we were talking actually before we started recording about Philip Rivers. You obviously played with him with the Chargers, such a, a long tenured, obviously, player in the league. So you go from that to Justin Herbert. What's it like in that huddle on game day, going from such a vet to a rookie who's ultimately going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, uh, the biggest difference was just kind of, you know, how we were treating the huddle, like when Philip was a huddle. When he was running the huddle, it was like, he knows everything. You now people would ask him questions, but hey, I got this, I got that, you're right. And now with Herbert in here, especially when he first started the first game, we were just making sure like we, now we've all been playing together for a while. We had a lot of skilled veterans in there. And so we, we all knew the scheme, like back for him, we've been running the same stuff for a long time. So we were just like, okay, like, like there'd be times where Herbert would mess up the play call, but then we'd be like corrected, like, oh, it's this. And so we were just like giving him confidence yeah. in us. Like, hey, we know what we're doing out here. We got your back. So that's like, you know, 360. Uh, you know, as he continued to you know through the season, you know, he started to you know gain more just experience and more knowledge of the game. And I actually saw that when I injured myself, and then finally came back. Why well, I injured myself? I got injured. Yeah. But I came <laughs> back. You know, I just saw his growth as far as how he was calling plays and how he was actually like changing the protections. And it was pretty cool to see. He's a really smart guy, and he's just wow. you know I love to be around him because he's just like, hey, I'm about football, I'm about the boys. Let's all go out here and have a good time and win some football game. And so, and he's super competitive as well. Like I, <laughs> I've seen him, I've seen him get angry a few times. So I like that. Like something bad happens, hey man, it's okay to get angry. Like, you know, you didn't want that to happen. So I like seeing his, his competitive side coming out too. Yeah, I like that. Do you have a good story that kind of gives us a glimpse of what he's like? I wish I had more time with him. Um, like I said, I only played, you know, like half the season. But um, I, rem- I just remember him, I seen his confidence build when coach yeah. told him like the, what the play was. And yeah, apparently he told him again because he yells, he looks inside and goes, I know. And I was like, yeah, let's go. I remember like <laughs> oh, I remember at, the beginning, at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have said that. But now I'm like, okay, now he's getting some confidence out here. Like he's getting it. He understands. <laughs> and so uh, I love to see that, that fire in it. Let's go. That's good. Well, Austin, whether it's on the real gridiron or in your gridiron gaming group, what can people expect from you coming up in the near future? Yeah, you know, from the real gridiron, you know, on the field, you know, my goal is always to build off of what I did last year. And so, you know, I'm trying to build off what I did last year as far as stay on the field, stay healthy. Uh, I was putting up some numbers. I was being efficient. I was killing it. I was so excited about the season and then, you know, had uh, had uh, some adversity come. But, uh, you know, how to overcome it. That's the, the life of an athlete. And so trying to stay on the field this entire season and then off field and gridiron gaming group. For those of you that don't know, we stream on Twitch. I'm at Austin after on Twitch. I talk about a lot of mental health, I talk about physical health, I talk about social life and motivations. 
just think it's very important for all of us to to hear you know certain things and i just talk about kind of my experience and sometimes it applies to people sometimes it doesn't but come check us out we do bigger events um our next big event will be around the indy 500 just like we have a bunch of different athletes in gridiron gaming groups we have connor daly he's an indy car driver and that's like our next big event that's going to be coming up there's no date just you know just follow us on instagram or follow me on instagram to find the updates and stay connected awesome well austin thank you so much for pulling up bro we appreciate you and all the best thank you see you guys Right, guys we are wrapping things up with this week's lion's lock our guy and maybe now officially our honorary co-host peter andrew is back in the building now peter walk us through what we've got when it comes to this week's picks not that much exciting stuff going on so what were some of those prop bets that we had spoken about last week how did they pan out yeah so the one the one big one that hit i know there was a lot of surprises last week the one big one i was proud of was uh I had mentioned six ACC players and seven Big Ten guys to be drafted in the first. We just hit that. Six ACC players, seven Big Ten players. Nice. So if you, if you took that, you cashed in at plus 350, which was a nice uh, nice chunk of change. I think some of the ones I missed on, Mac Jones, I said to the Niners, couldn't have been more wrong there. I should have known that he was going to the Pats. Trey Lance, obviously going to the Niners at three. And then what I had thought was all four first picks would have been quarterbacks. I thought for sure Atlanta would have knocked out of that four spot and someone would have traded up like the bears, like the Pats looks like they both got their guy a little later. So that didn't hit either. So I'm happy to say that one hit and it was a plus three fifty, but a couple other ones didn't. And then my, my favorite one that speedy you loved was Mr. Irrelevant to be a kicker or or punter. It was a linebacker. So we missed (sighs) on that. But that one, that payout was huge, right? Payout was huge. Plus 1200. (laughs) So uh, I'm hoping this guy converts to a kicker or a long snap somewhere down the line. And, and then we're getting our money back. A retroactive win. I love that. Now, Peter, yeah. explain to us as hosts, but also just all of our listeners, because I don't know this. When you're watching the draft or any other event that we talk about, how do you watch it from the side of the house? Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm, I've got like the angel and devil on my shoulders, basically, because right. 49ers fan Pete, is rooting for Trey Lance, <laughs> rooting for a quarterback. But then I know about all the liability that we have on the back end and who we need to hit. So I have to eventually pick a pick a side and say, do I want to see us lose X amount of money or do I want what I want as a fan? So it's really tough. Yeah. Uh, I think in the sense of the Niners getting Trey Lance, it worked in our favor. The money was big on Mac Jones and on Fields. So it ended up being the perfect scenario. But there's plenty of times where it's not. So it's, it's really difficult. Uh, more for the trading guys. Me as the marketing guy I can kind of get away with it a little bit, <laughs> but it's difficult. Absolutely. And this weekend, as Speedy mentioned, there's not a whole lot going on in the world of sports, but there is in golf, the Wells Fargo Championship that's in Charlotte. What is a smart bet to place this weekend? Yeah. So quiet week as we make our way to NHL and NBA playoffs, but Wells Fargo has a great, a great group this week. I think you have some value picks and got some favorites. Uh, Rory, Justin Thomas, they both love this course. Rory's mm-hmm. won there a couple times. I think JT won in 2017. So JT at plus 1,000, I think, is a good bet. And then Rory's plus 1,800. Uh, so both should play well. I know Rory's been struggling a bit, but like I said, he loves this course. So I think he'll do good out in Charlotte. 
And then we get some of value picks. I'm a little biased because Max Homa is a bet MGM guy. So I have to always root for my guy there. He's yeah. plus 4,000. He actually is the defending champion. So he plays well for the, at the Wells Fargo as well. And then you have Keegan Bradley, who happens to be a former St. John's guy. Another guy who had really good performance this week at the Valspar. I think he came in second or third. He's plus 5,000. So both those guys, you know, the, the mid-level kind of guys, I think they both have a, a decent opportunity to show. And then my last guy is a long shot, 125 to one, Aaron Wise. He was actually the runner-up to Jason Day back in 2018. I think he only lost by two or three strokes. So if you're willing to put 10 bucks on a 125 to one shot, why not? Why not be Aaron Wise? Yeah, I like that one a lot. Peter, you know, I, I always have my notebook open when you are giving us some stuff in hopes that maybe I'll hit it big. But just being that this was a slow week, what do you got coming up for us over the course of the next couple of weeks? What are some big sporting events that we can be looking to bet on or maybe some big bets that are coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see once the NBA and NHL seasons wrap up. Obviously, we're still finalizing who's in. Playing tournament for NBA is going to be huge. You got a team like the Lakers that are sitting in seventh that might be playing in that playing game. So a lot of things can happen and shake up during that. So of course, the two big sports we should be focused on is that. But then we're getting into some big things. You know, we're getting into the PGA Championship. We're getting into the French Open. So the second major of the year for tennis. And then what gets really exciting, I think, is the Euros in June. A lot of people, especially during COVID, haven't seen a lot of guys like Ronaldo, teams like Portugal, Spain. You know, the Euros were supposed to happen last year and they unfortunately got canceled. So I think you get a, get some events like that. It's going to be a really exciting summer. And then it kicks us right into the rest of baseball, into NFL. So, so there's a lot to look forward to, but certainly NHL and NBA are at the forefront of it. Well, we look forward to talking about all that excitement coming up with you for the next couple of weeks. Peter, thanks again for your insight. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Talk next week. All right, guys, that's a wrap from us here on Unleashed. Make sure to check out all of the action from BetMGM. You can follow them everywhere on social media at BetMGM. As always, we only ask one favor of you all. Please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next week, guys. Peace. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. 
Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 